0: Welcome, friends, to Doable Discipleship. Doable Discipleship is, of course, as you, as you, I'm sure you all know, it's a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. Or as Linda is going to say, with high pitch and then low pitch, the show
1: that helps you
0: grow there you go i, I mean I, I i we probably should have switched that so next time we'll go up on the grow part but anyway okay, it's all, well, it's I, okay. I just follow your
1: direction jason <laughs> i know
0: i, I know I, I didn't think about it ahead of time that's linda i'm jason we are um part of the spiritual growth team here at saddleback church and we're in the middle of this series right now on trust so if you if you haven't listened to the first two episodes I highly encourage you to go back and check those out we've been talking about basically what is, what is going on in the world right now? Why is trust such a kind of a a hot button issue? You know what? There's so many people, probably you, I know I felt this way I just don't know. I just feel like, ah, I'm just being inundated with different opinions, different thoughts. And I just sometimes don't know what to trust. So Hmm. go back and listen to our first conversation where we just kind of intro this topic, gave an overview. And then last week's episode, we talked with Tom Holliday about mm-hmm. how we should go back to the Bible as the source of truth and use that as we live out and um, um, and decide what to trust in our lives. And then today we are joined by our good friend, Jason Williams. Jason is the uh, campus pastor of our Saddleback Lake Forest campus. And Jason, do you even remember the first time that you were on Doable Discipleship? <laughs> I I don't well
2: you know what I think I came <laughs> on with Steve
0: Blade. you did One you came on with Steve
2: Hongers. yeah that's okay. it that's
0: exactly what happened is you is it was you and Steve Gladen it was back when we were doing a campaign like three years ago and so first off I just want to apologize it's been way too long since we've had you back on and it, there's no there's no there's there's no ulterior motive around that other than uh we should have had you on many many times since then um so i'm grateful that you're here
2: <laughs> I, I appreciate it it's great to be here and uh I, I thank you for clarifying that because i've carried that with me for these last few years wondering what I, I, I had a wrong. feeling oh, geez. So, <laughs> yeah
0: i had a sense and i figured what better way to air it out than actually on the podcast so so here you That's
2: go perfect <laughs> <laughs> pleasure being back with you i'm excited
3: about
0: this one So Jason, we mentioned this in the first episode on this series, but this whole idea of what we're talking about, this whole series, it it came from you. It was an idea that you had. You came up to uh, me on the patio one day, a number of months ago, and said, I think we got to do something around trust and trustworthiness because Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know that there's just so much confusion going on right now about what to trust, what not to trust. How do I decide what to trust, what not to trust? Why are people trusting things differently than me when I thought we were both Christians and it's just confusing. Um, so, so, so this is her, your whole idea and you centered that, or I should say you framed that idea around this idea of trustworthy sayings from the Bible. So yeah. can you
2: just, in in
0: your words, um, can you unpack just a little bit of, Yeah. What was your thinking behind this whole thing, this whole idea? Why was this such a, a thing on your heart to, to encourage us to talk about it?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I remember our conversation well. And I, and what was going on in my head then has only been, I think, intensified since that conversation. I, I One of my favorite things to do is to meet with young up-and-coming leaders. And, I, and, and some of those end up being uh, college students. And I have a number of, of people that I meet with on a pretty regular basis. And what I kept hearing... Over and over again, not just from them, but just in my circle of friends and such, was, I don't, I just don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the last year and a half and all that's gone on, to hear that was kind of jarring. And I, and I got to thinking about it, and that's a stunning statement. Here we are in the information age, where we have limitless access to an unprecedented amount of information, words and data, literally in the palm of our hands. And to say I don't know what to believe is a it just it just caught me. It was jarring, and and at, but at the same time, I think on some level it's predictable. I mean, the reality today is that there's no such thing as news anymore.
0: Hmm. News
2: yeah. like news doesn't get ratings; it doesn't sell. And we've elevated sort of the self as the the sole arbiter of of our of our own truth. So everything has a slant and an angle, and and you can literally find anything that you want to reinforce your ideas. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also met with equal number of sources that directly counter your perspective and so it's right. like what do we do like where where can we find truth so i was reading through first and second timothy reading through titus and when paul pauses and says this is a trustworthy saying i just thought man if ever there was a moment where we need trustworthy sayings now seems to be it because truth seems to be something that's almost elusively just beyond our reach and so how yeah. do we bring some certainty is there some things that we can glean from these sayings That anchor us in a way that it's impossible to find in culture and in in media these days because there's just so many voices, so much overload of information that we just don't know what to turn to to anchors. That's in my head. No,
0: and it's it's so true and it's so funny. I saw this meme yesterday. Now, again, I don't do not get you you know, memes, hot button topic in terms of what you trust. But anyway, but I saw this funny one yesterday. (laughs) It was a picture of walter cronkite and it was just saying on the meme it's just like imagine that there was once a time where you could just listen to this man read the news right with no opinions what? he didn't bring on guests <laughs> yeah. to you know offer their perspective on the news he just yeah. read the news <laughs> yes and so it was just kind of funny yeah i it's totally it, that's exactly right. of where we are right now <laughs>
2: there are no walter cronkites anymore i said that recently there, there's just no yeah unfortunately it just again it doesn't get ratings it doesn't get advertisers so there's no there's no motivation to just read the news yeah so yeah so
1: so you mentioned that you were captivated by these trustworthy sayings found in the bible what are those what kind of just generally what are what are they
2: that's a great question so so paul and and i'm I'm sure we'll probably talk about this later but paul is the guy he was an apostle who Wrote much of our New Testament in the form of letters to churches and to people. Some of them sitting in in prison, and, and there are moments where Paul, in these letters, he pauses and and for emphasis, he he basically says, "Hey, this is a trustworthy saying. If you're going to bet your life on something, bet your life on this." And mm. he does that. And he does that five different times mm. in three of his letters: First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. So mm-hmm. so he says that they are trustworthy. He, he says these are trustworthy sayings. Yeah.
0: Is there is there any sort of context or anything that we have to know, like, okay, how do we know that these are trustworthy say- sayings?
2: Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I, I, well, I love that they come from Paul, for one, yeah. because mm-hmm. I, I just – you think about his story. Here this guy is who was – Traveling the the countryside in scorched earth fashion, doing anything and everything that he can to push against this movement the way that's developing amongst believers, killing people, imprisoning people, beating, Mm -hmm. standing by and watching this. And he has this encounter, and 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 that encounter was a big one for me. Just so back in my college days, a few years ago now, I, I went through the process. I didn't have a word for it. It was a deconstruction process, mm-hmm. and and honestly, it was Paul and this transformation. The, the, this guy named Paul existed. It's pretty pretty well known that he was a persecutor of the church. He experiences this radical transformation. Something got his attention so dramatically that he completely changes his life mission and his approach. And he gives up all of the creature comforts, all of his like respect and office and standing to basically subject himself to untold uh, persecution and oppression mm-hmm. to, to share this message. So I love that it comes from that guy, this mm-hmm. guy, who had this radical transformation. So Paul, for me, why is it trustworthy? Because it came from him. He had this traveling companion. We learn in Luke and Acts that Luke was in and out of Paul's circle as they're traveling around, documenting everything that we go. So we got this physician, this historian guy who's documenting everything, who goes. With him. So we know so much about Paul. And then Paul, in writing these letters, says these things. And, and the way that he does it, I love. Well, let me let me just stop there so I think coming from Paul given his radical transformation, this encounter with Jesus, the time that he spent after that encounter with the disciples, with Jesus himself, learning, getting a, a feel for who, who this Jesus is that met him on that road, instilled some things in him that he wants to share and, and make sure that these guys get. I think mm-hmm. that's what makes it so trustworthy. And in the case of Second Timothy, very well could have been sort of his last words. Mm -hmm. the last Mm -hmm. thing that he writes and those you lean into a little bit more because there's something magnified there's gravity to last words and so i hang Mm -hmm. in that letter as well i think Mm -hmm. those are reasons that we can really put a lot of stock in what he says Mm
1: -hmm. well and you know you mentioned that some of what paul wrote was to churches and some was to individuals and all of the Trustworthy sayings are to individuals, as you pointed yeah. out, there, either to Timothy or to Titus. Yeah. So what does that tell us about these sayings, and what significance does that bring to them?
2: Yeah, well, that's another thing that I love about them is that he's writing them to people to 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 me arguably the two young men that he had poured his life into and was most proud of that he knew his legacy was going to live on through mm. because he had mm-hmm. trained them. He had handed off churches that he had started to their leadership. And he cared deeply. He, he talks about in in uh, a, a couple of spots the tears that they've shed over each other. So there's this special mm-hmm. bond. And I don't know you you guys are are both parents. When when you're talking to kids, he, he refers to both Timothy and Titus as his true sons in the faith. Yeah. So he used them as his children. And, and we know we talk to our kids a lot of words, right? A lot of lot of yeah. words. But occasionally we pause and say, look. <laughs> Especially through our t- I got a teenager now. I got a 14-year-old just starting high school. And occasionally I have to say, hey, buddy, listen to me. Look at me mm-hmm. and turn. I need your full attention. I got to tell you something that if you don't remember anything else, mm-hmm. I really need to remember this. And these are personal moments where where Paul, through writing, is doing that. Hey, Timothy, hey, Titus. If you don't remember anything else that I'm telling you and that I've told you that I've taught you, remember these things. Anchor your life on them. Anchor your ministry on them, because I promise you they will serve you well in ministry in life, and life and everything else. So I, that I think it, it just I love that, that it's per, they're personal in nature. They're not mm-hmm. written to a mass audience. They're written, written to two people that he loved and cared about deeply.
0: Yeah. It seems like there's this tie almost to back when Jesus would say, truly, I tell you. It's kind of yes, that emphasis like that. point exactly. of like, yes. hey stop talking, listen to this. <laughs> I got something to say, you know, it's, this yeah. is a trustworthy saying. And, and like. as you were talking about, like, it's, it's great to remember that these were letters that these guys were going to like keep and and they were pouring over from their mentor, Paul. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. they, and when, so it, Paul's trying to leave them with this thing, like, like, Hey, I cut out this piece of the letter. And put it up on your you know mirror yep. so that you can go back and be reminded of
2: this, you know, every day. Um, I don't know, I I don't know mean, if they had frames action. back then, but if they yeah, did I don't know <laughs> they would frame them and put them like in their kitchen or wherever else, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what they would
0: have used for scotch tape, but um you know, something something sticky. Had <laughs> <laughs> some resin they put on the back of it. So, anyway, so,
2: um,
0: <laughs> so so we framed up these five sayings a bunch. Let's, let's, let's dig into them. Let's yeah. unpack them a bit. Right. Right. So, so the first one says um, it comes from first Timothy um, one 15. It's, it says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it by the way, is <laughs> Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. So, what should we glean from this? What makes this a trustworthy saying? And, and what is something that we can do with it as we're you know living?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously he's, he's, he's attempting to really cement uh, the gospel. And one of the things that, that I think we, is worth mentioning just related to both these guys, well, really all of Paul's letters, he's writing into moments kind of like ours. Where there's a whole mm. lot of disinformation, there's a whole lot of, of people. W- when you have something that's starting to stoke a movement, like the church is exploding at this point, people are coming to Christ in droves, moved by this 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 message of the gospel. And with it comes a lot of copycats, comes a lot of watering down of the gospel, comes a lot of. It's sort of like the the, the old uh, camp telephone game. You start a message on one end of the aisle, it gets to the other, and it's almost unintelligible because it's been. <laughs> So things get, get muddied and get muddled. And I think Paul for Timothy here is cutting through that. Hey, hey mm-hmm. Timothy, I know there's a lot out there. You're processing a lot because there's a lot of people saying things. There are people teaching false doctrine. There's teaching this. Come back to the truth that began your ministry. Come back to that mm. where your mother and her legacy poured out in you, your grandmother, who had, it was, a, was a godly woman. We laid our hands on you. Come back to that message that first captivated you. And that's this, that Christ came into the world to save sinners. It's it's sort of, it's the Romans 5, 8, right? Like God's right. love it, is demonstrated towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul is doubling down on that with Timothy and saying, look, people don't have to get their act cleaned up. The, it, the invitation is to come as you are. Christ came to save sinners. And I know because there's no one who has a rap sheet as long as mine. And for mm-hmm. some reason, God saw fit to bring Jesus into my life and completely change my whole bent and everything about it. And so he wants people to understand that certainty that there's not something that we have to do to come to God through Jesus. He Mm -hmm. did it for us. We come with our sinful self and give ourselves to Jesus. I know because I lived it and I experienced it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's such a,
0: it's such a great reminder. We've been talking a lot about identity and, 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 this is in Paul. It's, it seems like what Paul is doing is he is putting that reminder back on, 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 look at your identity, right? You yeah, are a right. sinner saved by grace. You are a sinner, mm-hmm. but Jesus Christ, came down to love you and to save you never forget that. Right. right. So, right. so, so for us, it seems like for our context in this terms of, you know, all these things of, of what do we trust? What do we not trust having these anchored reminders? It's almost like each one is 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 a tether right of these trustworthy sayings saying even though you may not know what to trust about this given topic, mm-hmm. trust first and foremost that Jesus Christ came to save you. Yes. He came to save all sinners, yep. of whom I am the worst and of whom we are all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was significant that he points back, you know, by this time in his ministry everybody would have respected Paul. You know, I mean, he's, he's been, he's been at it a while and his reputation now people know who he is. Mm -hmm. And yet he still, he didn't allow himself to go, well, you know, I used to be like that, but I'm better now. You know, (laughs) He's like, no, you know, I am, you know, I still struggle and he has saved me. And I just, I think that just reminds us that, I mean, you know, he never he never got to the point where he was, he looked back on it and said you know, you know I used to be yeah. like that but now I'm great right. you know he he maintained that humility and I think that's another really important thing it's that we're we're in this constant state of recognizing that hey, you know what? Jesus died for sinners and that's me. You know, like that, that's where I I love am. that,
2: Linda. You're right to point out it's present tense. He doesn't say I was the worst. I am the worst. So right. some of it's probably countering the disappointment that Timothy was experiencing in ministry. That Hey, you're working with broken people. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's the way god has always worked it's the way that, that that jesus has built his church so don't be discouraged yeah there's yeah. something to do that and i love the humility paul demonstrates in using the the present tense for sure mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to pass over what you said um at the beginning when you were just talking about this jason was that <clears throat> paul knew that there was so many other teachers other saying other things being taught or said about about who this Jesus was, about what is, what is true religion, you know, like all this stuff. And so even if you read a bunch of his other letters, he's constantly having to re re, reassert his bona fides of saying, um, guys, just a reminder, I am Paul. I I started your church. You shouldn't remember me. (laughs) Don't listen to these other false prophets that are coming in saying all this stuff. Right. So when he is training up, um, Timothy, and Titus, who are going to be a continuing on Paul's work, essentially, he is, you know, he, he, he's giving them these reminders of like, these are the cores. So yeah. whenever you're dealing with these, you know, rumors or these false truths, these heresies, these, you know, like, don't forget these trustworthy things. Maybe, you know, if you base yourself on these, then you will be fine, you know. That's
2: <laughs>
3: right.
1: <Okay. laughs> So the next trustworthy saying is out of first Timothy three, one, and it says, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. And, you know, you pointed out that both Timothy and Titus were his sons in the Lord and, and they were being raised up as leaders. And so now he's giving them this sort of, okay, this is trustworthy. (laughs) Remember this, that if you aspire to be an overseer, that that is a noble task. Talk to us a little bit about that one.
2: Yeah, I, I I can't help but wonder if Paul wasn't trying to do two things here, and and you sort of alluded to one of them, which is to encourage them. I mean, look, ministry uh, is can be a a daunting uh, task, leadership mm-hmm. and. And there's no doubt that that part of what he was trying to do was to encourage them in, in the inevitable disillusion. And I think you get into ministry sort of starry-eyed, and 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 typically you've grown up in church where you've seen kind of the produced thing in front of you, and then it, it looks like oh everybody's so happy, and and I just my life would be so much better if I worked at a church. And then you work at a church and you work around people and you realize gosh these guys are as broken as, as anybody else. And, and I think Timothy and Titus are probably experiencing that, and Paul is encouraging him. But here also, Paul takes a little bit of a turn, and he's he's starting to coach Timothy on what it looks like to raise up leaders in the church. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's he's he gives that statement and says, "Hey, it's for people to aspire to to leadership in the church. That's okay. That's a good thing because we 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 need capable leaders. God calls leaders to to mm-hmm. shepherd and lead mm-hmm. his flock. That's that's a good thing. But he goes on in the next six verses to clarify. Mm-hmm. What that role is, because you look, make no mistake about it, this is a different type of leadership. To be an overseer in the church requires a different skill set than that that's valued and held up in the culture, and it requires that the job description is just different. It's a, it's mm-hmm. sacrificial. Mm-hmm. It's gentle. It's not it's not you know aggressive. It's it's someone who um, who prioritizes leadership with their family as their first and mm-hmm. primary ministry while serving in ministry it's he lays out in the next six verses the what the qualifications are which run very counter today <laughs> and to right. what we typically elevate within within organizations and within churches yeah. so he, he's, mm-hmm. he's honoring the fact yeah it's a good thing to be aspired to but man let me make sure that you and everybody who is raised up understands this is what the role is when you when you want to be an overseer in the church it's just different the job description is The qualifications are different than pretty much any other uh, job or organization that people at that time, and certainly today, might have been familiar with. Mm -hmm.
0: I wanted to mention, so in the New Living Translation of this exact same passage, it says... Um, if someone is, aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. I it, it would be remiss if we didn't mention that Jason is an elder of Saddleback Church. So uh... <laughs>
2: and, 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 and can I tell you that the, the minute that, that that offer was extended, I came straight to this passage mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there is a, a certain level of, of responsibility to the church that, that I know I personally feel, and I would say that's true of all of our elders. I'm like, gosh, I want to make sure that um, I'm the right person for this role, and you you read it, and I'm like, man, okay, I think, but but I'm not perfect. So yeah, I appreciate you you mentioned that. <laughs> this passage has intersected my world sure. quite a bit in the last uh, several months. Well,
0: and I think what's oh, cool sure. about this passage too is it does it's not, it does not have to be exclusive to people who who want to be an elder or an overseer. That's exactly. What right. it's describing is what is honorable. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's saying, you know, it's it's saying, you know, this is what it means to be in an honorable position, you know, to uh, to have an honorable life. And then it lays Mm -hmm. that out. So so speaking about our context in terms of what does this mean for us? How does this apply to our lives is instead of being so wishy washy all the time, maybe about what is, you know, how should I live? Should I value these things or should I value these things? You know, it's go back to a trustworthy saying like this mm-hmm. to see what, what God finds to be honorable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you can make decisions or choose what to trust in some, in many cases, based off of this passage. I, I think you said these seven verses, right? So, yeah. so first three. Timothy three, one through seven. Yep. Yeah so anyway th- that's just the encouragement is go back and, and read that and just say okay here's a litmus
2: test for how i'm thinking about things mm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's really and especially in a
2: place like saddleback where we believe that every minister or every member is a minister yeah sure. we, we place a lot of people in overseer type roles mm-hmm. and so there's there's broad application to what paul is saying here for sure yeah mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. good
0: um <clears throat> the next one so so The first trustworthy saying was Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. The second one was whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. The third one um, is from 1 Timothy 4, and it says, uh, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what does that mean?
2: Well, I think I love this one too, because I think Paul, in some level, here is giving Timothy a development roadmap and and, and helping him prioritize. Because I know Timothy clearly was conscientious about the ministry that he was a part of. I think in, in reading some things about him, he, he just was such a, a faithful servant. And Paul knows that as he gets more and more into the demands of ministry and leadership, time becomes more and more scarce, and there are only so many things that we can devote it to, and and I think he's telling Timothy, knowing that man, life presents so many distractions, so many things. Hey, let me help you prioritize. It's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical training—that's a value. I mean, of course, God, he, he, we're a temple, and He wants us to take care of this temple physically, emotionally, and and along all those dimensions. But Paul is saying, "Hey, when push comes to shove, Timothy, and you have so many competing things competing for your time, if you have to make hard decisions, err on the side of devoting yourself to growing in your relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. and spend the time." I love that he uses training; Mm -hmm. it is work. Timothy, you're not a finished product. You're not. You're not there yet. We we haven't arrived, even though we're leading churches and in ministry. Continue to give yourself. To deepening your relationship with Jesus. We talk about here at Lake Forest, uh, you guys are both a part of our Lake Forest staff, so you know this. We talk about three different values. The very first one at Lake Forest is we are deep wells,
0: mm-hmm. and we talk
2: about continually digging that well deeper because it's out of the overflow of that well onto the people that God has called into our ministries that our effectiveness come from. And If we aren't filling that well up, digging it deeper, filling it up with with Jesus and his word and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit and the things that he's revealing to us, then we're not going to have anything to spill over into other people. I think Paul is focusing Timothy here on, you want to know what the major is, the major focus of your life. It's, man, is continue to train, continue to lean in, continue to Develop and deepen this relationship with Jesus, because it's out of that that everything that you love doing, the the people that you love impacting and caring for, it's all going to flow out of there. So focus on that in your life.
0: Yeah, there's two things that stick out to me about this one too. The first is I just wanted to mention <laughs> I find it funny that in the first two trustworthy sayings, Paul says this is a trustworthy saying, and then he says the saying. Yeah. This one he says the saying, and then afterwards he says. This is a trustworthy saying. It's almost <laughs> like it's almost like he's writing it, and then he was like, "Oh, that was really good." Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that, that this, it came out. Yes. you know, it's <laughs> after the fact. Um, <laughs> but the second thing is, I think this ties in really well with what Pastor Tom was talking about in our last week's episode uh, about idols, uh, about being aware. That, yeah. uh, uh that mm-hmm. we may be putting our trust into idols and that's yeah. I, I feel like that's a big part of what paul is saying here it, it, sure. the physical training is good that's the but that's the temporary that, that, that don't make it an idol don't make it something don't don't focus on that at the at the um um i lost my words but you know and and put down and don't focus so much on on the godliness part it's it's it make sure you have the proper perspective here yeah. of what you are looking at and then he even continues that on he says a promising a benefits in this life and the life to come he's mm-hmm. he's doubling down on it and he just right. say you know, yeah. it's almost like if you focus too much on the here and now uh, and making idols of the here and now you're just yep. focusing on your life now yeah right? which i understand the benefits of but exactly. if you focus on the godliness you get yep. the now and the life to come
3: <laughs> right totally totally yep that's, That's good.
1: so true. It's so true. Okay. So this next one um, comes out of second Timothy chapter two verses 11 and 12. And I love, I love it because, I mean, it's actually been really meaningful to me kind of in my own journey. Um, so I'll share the, the phrase and then we can talk about it. It says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. But if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So, what do you hear in that one?
2: I mean, these last two honestly are so dense. I mean, we we literally entire podcast episodes (laughs) on probably all of these, but certainly these two because there's there's so much theology wound up in in both of these. Mm -hmm. What I love about this too, I think it's worth in a podcast we we can miss because we're just hearing the words. This is rendered in our Bibles as a as as a, as poetry. It's, yep. uh, and I love that Paul thought through how do I emphasize this? I can say it's a trustworthy saying, but could I, can I, can I render this in a different way? Mm. Is there a way to share this such that there's even more beauty in what it's conveying? And and so I think that's a, that's an important part of this. But I, I'm with you, Linda. I, in my mind, I mean, I I go with. I mean, obviously, there's a picture of of dying to him. And it's, it's, it's what he's talked about elsewhere for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. So he's talking, I'm, I'm, I'm dead to, to my old self in Christ. Mm-hmm. And if we die with him, then we're going to live with him. And, and, and so right. there's, there's a, a, a joint air issue here. Like we are alive with Christ who conquered death once and for all. And, and so there's, there's something there, a, a, an encouragement again to endure. And I love it. There's, there's training, there's endure, there's remember this again, with that backdrop of what Timothy was facing, his message. And, and well, for that matter, what Paul had been through when he mm-hmm. talks about enduring again, I want to listen to the guy because he knows <laughs> what it is to endure <laughs> a horrible hardships. So it's like, Timothy, look, Endure because there's this glorious reign with him. There's this, this joyness mm-hmm. in, in, in ministry and in life and in and, and just fellowship with Jesus. And then it, it gets to the end. And, and I love the reminder that when we feel weak, when we feel like we on some level waver in our faith or struggle through uh, something mm-hmm. that happens, remember that that doesn't change him because he's always the same. He can't deny himself. He is faithful, always faithful, no matter our shortcomings, no matter what it is that we're struggling through. He is a rock. He is faithful. He will sustain you in anything and everything that you face in ministry and in life. Remember that. Hold on to that. Mm -hmm. So I think he's encouraging Timothy personally. I think he's encouraging him a little bit in, again, some of the discouragement that he may have been uh, experiencing around him and wanted him to be able to come back to this. And I love, we joked earlier about framing something and, and in, mm-hmm. again, in, in making this poetry, he almost frames it in a literary fashion that was available yep. to him. It made it really memorable. So yeah, those are some of the things that, that come to mind. Linda, I would love to hear you, you talking about how this has been so impactful in your life and ministry. How, what, I'd love to hear what
1: that means for you. Yeah. So, so for me, part of my story, and I don't want to do it all here, but part of my story is a prodigal, is a Mm -hmm. prodigal season, a series of faithlessness. And um, I remember as I kind of came out of that time, I was, I kind of did my own thing for over four years and at the end of that time, you know, people were saying, well, were you ever even saved in the first place? And how do you know? And, and when I read this verse, and when I found this passage, you know, yes, I spent some years, I know that I knew Jesus, I accepted Jesus when I was 12 years old, I had legitimate prodigal time. But my faithlessness did not undo God's faithfulness. And he did not he did not take away what he had done in me simply because I had a season of faithlessness Mm -hmm. and God's faithfulness because of who he is meant that, yes, that was a time. And, and, you know, at another time we can talk about, you know, when, when we, when we spend time in a faithless season, we squander time and, and we, we may forfeit, things during that time but God's love for us is not taken away. Mm-hmm. His our security in him is not taken away because it was never based on who we were in the first place. It was based in him, in his character, in his faithfulness. So that means
2: Yeah.
1: So to me that's been that when I I just remember the first time I found that passage. Yeah. And it was like all of the fears that I had had and and the questioning myself like what the heck happened?
3: <laughs>
1: um it's like okay so i made some sinful faithless choices for a season in my life but that didn't change who god is or his love for me or my security in him as his daughter yeah so anyway that's Beautiful. that saying that's one that i want to put up on the wall <laughs> you know?
0: love, it. love it. i yeah. just wanted uh, there's a couple things about this one that stood out to me that i wanted to mention first is that this, this whole trustworthy thing, this piece of poetry, this standout that you were talking about, Jason, it's, 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 it's about God. Mm -hmm. It's not just, it's not, it's not meant to be about us. It's meant to be about God. It's meant to be a reminder of he who is unchanging, right? And that's, and so, so as we're talking about those anchors, those tent poles of where we were putting our trust, God is, or, or Paul is saying, this is who God is. He does not change, right? If if we die with him, we've also lived with him. That says Mm -hmm. something about him, that withness of the, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. That says something about his relationship with us, what he is bringing us into. If we deny him, he will deny us. That says something about about the holiness that he is looking for, that Mm -hmm. separateness. And if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, which is ever true for he cannot deny who he is. And I just love that anchor of, of focus yourself get anchored in the unchanging god yep and then and then he continues on so after the trustworthy saying part but he continues on in verse 14 where it says Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do we have any fighting over words going know, on what?
2: today? It's timeless. This is, these words, these sayings, could not be more timely. And but but they and, and they're so applicable because we have to understand we think this is new. And yeah. it's not. it's it's an age- old problem. yeah, so again, that's why I think these trustworthy sayings are so applicable to our lives today because they come straight out of another era in which the same infighting, the same uh, mm-hmm. frustrating back and forth was going on. Yeah, it's yeah. good. That's really good.
1: Okay, so there's one more trustworthy saying that we're going to look at, and it's from Titus chapter 3, and it's verses 4 to 7. It's a little bit long, but I'm going to read it. It says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that. Having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. We could talk about Amen. that. First.
2: I mean, yeah. I just, I kind of just want to like pray. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it it just ends with um, yeah. Man. I mean, it's 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 so <laughs> cool. There's so much go. You're right, Linda. There's so much going on here. A few things. Um, one beautiful picture. Of the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit, I mean of the Trinity, mm-hmm. including the Holy Spirit. So you you yeah. see, Paul is talking about God, the work of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the work that He's about in our lives. You see just this beautiful triune dance, not just in community amongst themselves, but in the way that we interact with God and the way that God has has orchestrated redemptive history, which is it is so so rich and so powerful. But I think here there's um. There was, a, there was a lot going on, obviously, in the New Testament, the early days of the church. People were trying to pile stuff onto Jesus and, and pile stuff onto the gospel. Yeah, Jesus is great, and, and he died for our sins, but, and they wanted to add circumcision or you just choose your your work that they wanted to pile on. It was Jesus plus something on so many occasions. And Paul is coming back to, again, it kind of it It's it's similar to the message that he more succinctly gave Timothy at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the, look, it's about, Jesus dying for us, being washed and born again by the renewal of the Holy Spirit through Jesus, the Holy Spirit poured out on us through the the relationship with Jesus. So that, and he points out, you've been justified by grace. it's the it's the message of ephesians two eight nine two it's 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 salvation, by grace, free gift. He's driving that home and he talks about it's not the righteous things that we had done. so he's he's eliminating the Jesus plus. Right. But it is interesting. So it says so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So there's this, this life that that we have in Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful thing that Paul wants him to lay hold of. And then if you keep going in uh, mm-hmm. verse 9, or excuse me, uh, verse 8, he says, this is a trustworthy saying. And I want to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. So it's like, okay, wait, it, it, not by the righteous things we've done. So do good. How do you, and I love what Paul is trying to do here. He says that we are, we are not saved by works, but we right. are saved for works. That part of the right. joy of being mm-hmm. part of this kingdom life and in, and in laying hold of this eternal life. Now it's not a deferred gift. We live in the fullness of Christ empowered by the Holy spirit today. Now is to do extraordinary things to join him in this work. And Titus, I don't want you to miss that. I want you to stay rooted in this message, share it with integrity with our people, with the people entrusted to your ministry, but encourage them out of that outflow to really give themselves to the work of ministering to and caring for and loving the people that are right there in the community around your church. So, again, this is one literally, guys, we could fill up another podcast on just this one. <laughs> so. Just, <laughs>
0: Yeah. I love, I, I'm glad that you kept going, um, on that verse eight, yeah. you know, after the trustworthy saying, cause I definitely think that's still important. And it's, it's, it's another reminder of what Paul is dealing with and what he is responding to. Right. Yeah. In, in the NLT, which I have open, it just says, it says, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings yeah <laughs> and to, it's it's just that it's just that it's it's Paul is reminding yep. not just Titus but the spirit is reminding us like like these are the things that we need to make sure are are the basis are are foundational for teaching the truth mm-hmm. for, for what is true because you will constantly hear these things that are going against this so i want you to mm-hmm. insist on this teaching and then if you go even farther in verse nine, he says again, what we just read in, in second Timothy, he says, do not get involved in foolish discussions That's about right. spiritual <laughs> pedigrees and fights. I'm sensing <laughs> yeah, a theme These things yeah. are useless and a waste of time. So yes. like it's, it's, he's, he's speaking into this. And in our conversation with Tom, he, he referenced the, um, the quote from, augustine, the um the um in the major things, we have unity. in yeah. the minor things, we have liberty. in all things we have charity. And it's it, it it seems like that's what Paul is reminding us here too. like these trustworthy sayings, these are core things that we need to be agreed on, right? we we should agree on Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, right. of whom we yes. are sinners. Right. We should agree yes. on. Uh, what is an honorable person and what is it, it, We should agree on focusing on godliness rather than making idols of that, which is with that, which is temporary. We should agree on if we die with him, we will live with him. If we endure that, we will reign with him. All these, all these things. And then even into this one talking about when the kindness and love of God appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. And yep. he's just reiterating. These are
2: the core things to go back to. <laughs> these are the things you all have in common. These are the things that you should exactly. celebrate that bond exactly. you, that unite you. Yes. And that you can bank it when when all seems chaotic around you, when when it seems like truth is just beyond your grasp, come back to mm-hmm. these things. They will steady you. They will remind you. They will point you uh, to Jesus and his unchanging self and love for you. And, and he will write that ship that seems to be, to be wavering in the, in the waters. Yeah. Uh,
0: cool. What you just said about steady you mm. to me, that is so important. Yeah. And it's a great reminder that when you are feeling so flustered, you know, as the Bible says, like, I feel like I'm just, I'm just adrift with the waves, you know, yeah. but but when you're anchored in, when you're feeling steady, it, 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 as you go back to godly truths, Yep. That's where peace comes from. That's right. Exactly. That's where the fruit of the spirit starts starts taking over and you start feeling this. Okay, I'm I'm back to where I belong. Like I'm back, I'm back with my firm roots. Yep. You will not get the fruit of the spirit based on anchoring yourself to the trees of of the now. Yeah, you know, like of of you know <laughs> no. worrying so much about about what is true in this case or this in what's happening right now the news you know that that this is um the timely nows aren't yeah. what bring you the fruit of the spirit but when you anchor in eternal godly truths yeah that's the vine that we're going back to that's that's the vine of Christ that we can you know be yeah. you know put our trust in
2: totally so, and 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 Jason I I love that you read verse 9 because it, it, in the version I've got in front of me it says but avoid foolish controversies mm-hmm. genealogies arguments and such. Right. And I love that grace right before that is sort of the antidote to that yeah. because when we remind ourselves of the grace that we received and if we can be conveyors of that grace then mm-hmm. then we can figure out I think how to there's a peace that happens inside of us when we center ourselves and and and, and stabilize based on these truths these bedrock truths. That Paul wanted to get across, but I think there's also peace between us because if we can come back to grace, we can do what I really do think is the way forward for the church, and that's figuring yeah. out how to show how to hold disagreement in tension. Yeah, right. Because we yeah. We, we, if we can figure that out and stand in stark contrast to the broader culture mm-hmm. that's yelling at each other and such. That would catch notice more than anything else, but the, but the it has to be rooted in grace. I think mm-hmm. grace yeah. that we receive, that then we give and offer to each other. And so I love this mm-hmm. from Paul on so many levels. Like I said, we could talk a long time. About <laughs> we definitely could.
0: Um, but in the interest of people's listening, you know, of of yep. uh, you know of people's ears, <laughs> we'll wrap up our discussion. I just wanted to to extend an, an offer to you, Jason we're in this series on trust. We've been talking about this whole thing. A lot of people don't, you know, just are very confused right now. I thought I could trust this, but now I'm not so sure. People are are yelling at me for the things that I'm choosing to trust. Um, You know, I just, I I just don't know. I see, I I can see credible things on both sides. And so now I just feel like even more confused. (laughs) Mm. So what is something that you would want to leave the listeners with as we're kind of just talking about, yeah, what it means to trust and all that kind of stuff. That's a good
2: question. Um, you know what? Let me let me come at it this way. I, I had a recent conversation. It was a it was one of my favorite conversations I've had in a long time with a, a young guy. Well, it was uh, this one, right? Was your that? favorite
0: conversation that you've had in yeah, this, one, this? Yeah,
2: but After that, oh, one, this one is that. my new favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But before this one, my my previous favorite, I was I met with a a guy who is in college, and he just he wanted to ask a bunch of questions, and I'm like, great, yes, please, and and I love that. I love honest, heartfelt questions grappling with faith, mm-hmm. um, because faith is faith. For I mean, it, it it takes some time to sit with and invite God in, to meet us in those places, and I love meeting him there with other people mm-hmm. and he was asking a series of questions and at the end i could tell what he was really asking was, was sort of the the frame of this conversation which is how can i trust the bible like what what is what does it look like to trust in this why should i and i thought about it for a second and i said to this young man i said hey I, I, let me let me try to turn something on its head for you I, my guess is you grew up in a tradition where what you heard was it's true because it's in the bible mm-hmm. But I want to I want to flip that for you. What if it's in the Bible because it's true? Mm. For God to be a loving God, to love us and want the best for us, to to withhold his truth from us would be counter to that 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 enduring that enduring faithfulness that we talked about in the fourth uh, trustworthy saying. Hmm. So that would be counter to his character. So so I asked him, I said, what if it's in the Bible because it's true? And God knew that we needed that to live and it is it's his ultimate act of love for us, not to, not to withhold that from us, but to give it to us as an outflow and an act of his love and kindness towards us. And I think a light bulb went on. And and I think it caused him to sort of see that differently. And I think I would tell if there's anybody who's, who's wrestling with the Bible and why it's a source of truth, rather than abstracting it as a book and wondering why I should believe it, looking at it instead as an outflow and an outpouring of God and his love for us. It's in the Bible because it's true, and he didn't want to withhold it from us, and so he gave it to us as mm. his I think is an important frame for, for especially those who may have grew, grew up in harsher traditions who had the Bible wielded more as a hammer as opposed to just a, a, an ultimate act of kindness towards us, the, his kids that he loves dearly. So I think that's, that's way I would just, one that I would leave our audience with today. Mm.
0: That's good. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for this idea about this series, for pointing us in the direction of these mm. trustworthy sayings and for taking the time to sit with us and it, and unpack them it's 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 very clear how timely they still are mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and how important it is to go back to things like this so hopefully this served as just a, a great reminder for everybody like you know go back and focus uh, and spend time on the truths found in scripture rather than just always trying to figure out what to trust now make sure that you get anchored down first um mm-hmm. because
2: okay.
0: that's yeah. more important than trying to figure out you know I don't all understand. of it. Yeah, yeah, all of this stuff going on right now. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, well, thanks for having me and let's try to make it uh, less than three years between now and the next Yeah, I promise I will do my <laughs> best. <bad.
0: laughs> all right, friends, we love you. We we're praying for you and we will be back next week with our final episode on this trust series talking about how do we discern what to trust? How do we grow a trustworthy character ourselves? So friends, we will be back with you again next Tuesday.